Hello, and welcome to ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined through the discussion of books, journal articles, papers, and presentations. Then historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is Jay Swords. And my name is John Keeley. This is the podcast segment of the show that is not broadcast on station KALA. Our guest for the 358th show is Toby Payone, Uniserv Director for the Iowa State Education Association, who will be talking to us about COVID-19 effects on Iowa education. Our history buff is Rick Sweet. Rick, you get the first question. Gee, thanks, John. Hi, Toby. Good to hear from you again. Yeah, good to hear from you, too. There was a comment about the impact, which values are going to win out, the economic vitality of America or the health and safety of citizens. What are you doing in your role with as a Uniserve director with, um, in the, uh, dare I call it the politics, getting the sure. opinions to, to Governor Reynolds to have her hold steady her position? What have you been doing to... Uh, to encourage a position that would protect the citizens and the students? Well, um, one of the things that we have tried to do, uh, and I think we did pretty successfully, is uh, asking school districts to continue paying their employees. It doesn't directly affect students, obviously, but uh, we wanted to, you know, at least maintain their economic wherewithal and they spend money in the community and go to the grocery stores and uh and restaurants and whatnot so um and those monies were already budgeted for school districts to spend through uh june 30th another thing that uh i know our our organization has really tried to do both uh you know in terms of formally uh as well as informally is uh provide for the mental health of our members and of students uh during this time there's uh we have you know an active communications program um communicating to teachers and to students um encouraging people uh with all kinds of different resources that they can use to um uh, keep students engaged, keep themselves engaged um, throughout uh, this shutdown. Uh, so we haven't been sitting idle, um, quite quite the opposite. We've actually been doing quite a bit. Our methods of communication have been different. Um, we haven't been doing face-to-face or on-site meetings, for example. Instead, we're using sure. social media a lot, um, um, text message. We had a huge text messaging um uh, effort here just a week or so ago that actually was uh, quite impressive and, and 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 quite successful just reaching out to people. Um, you know, we we go on the air doing radio programs um, and having interviews uh, with the news media uh, more so than we probably have in the past. So we're, we're trying every conceivable way to reach out to people and. Uh, make sure that they don't feel isolated, uh, and hopefully that will um, change some minds in Des Moines and 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 around the country. So I, I was just wondering if you could talk a little bit about. We often have a sense that uh, unions and districts are adversaries, and there is a little bit of that. Some of that's true, but can you talk a little bit about? what you've been doing, and I know John, as DEA president, has been very much involved as well, um, to sort of work 
together with the district in order to make things, uh, make plans that will work and uh, serve the interests of everyone? Well, and that's a great question. And even John might want to chime in with uh, some of the things that he's been doing over the last uh, few days and weeks. Um, one of the one of the very first things we did when the COVID-19 uh, outbreak occurred was to ensure that uh, school districts maintained uh, paying their employees. Um, uh, we didn't want people to just sort of drop off the face of the earth. We wanted them to be paid um, so that they would return um, and, as employees when when the outbreak was over with um, instead of going off and trying to find another job or, or gosh, gosh only knows what else. That was the, one of the first things we did. And then there was quite a bit of effort uh, and conversation uh, in the interim over how do we sort of retool, if you will, for lack of a better term, um, some sort of online effort uh, so that uh, students can get engaged, teachers can get engaged. Um, and we did that with the administration in Davenport. We've had conversations with school districts across the state of Iowa on this very question. It doesn't mean we're, we have all the answers. Um, I, in fact, I would say that uh, there still are a lot more questions than answers, but um, we're at least communicating back and forth so that people uh, understand that we're just not sitting idly. You know, this isn't time off for people. Um, the final thing we've been doing is having conversations with school districts across the state and with the governor's office and with the legislature, et cetera, on what is a good time for people to come back so that when they do come back to school, they're safe at school. This is a virus. This virus doesn't uh, work on our timeline. It works on its own timeline. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we don't want people to be infected. Uh, we don't want to go back too early. Um, yet everybody's waiting to go, to go back. But we need to make sure that people are safe. And how do we prevent the spread of this virus so that people are safe once, uh, once uh, schools are back in session? I want to say, I think um, we've also, and uh, Jay's been part of this as well, we just continued going forward. We had issues that had to be deal with. Our uh, our bargaining committee chair, Carrie Johnson, yep. was, even though we're on spring break, was still in contact that when were we going to set up uh, the bargaining because our contract expires this year. We also had other issues because we had members that were very concerned about what the outcome was going to be. And uh, this is my little 36 cents. When you had um, a president who was throwing out uh, mythical um, ideas that, that we were going to be back by the 13th for sure, or you have uh, Mr. Jerry Falwell Jr. opening up his institution, kids go back and they get sick, and now you got to shut it down again. I think it really kind of established barriers to understand how difficult this situation is. And to give the Davenport Committee School District credit, and we're along the same model, what's most important for us are the kids. And to take a wrong step or a wrong move at this time could be detrimental. So we've been cautious, but we've been going forward. 
And and if I could reiterate something that John just said, um, w- one of the things that we have been doing as a union, and I know school districts at large across the state have really tried to do is have what I would call a clarity of message. Um, you, you, we have been getting mixed messages uh, at the federal level, at the state level, you know, here we are in Davenport, Iowa, between Iowa and Illinois, and the two states have been significantly different in how they've handled the COVID-19 situation. Um, people have been turning to us for clarity of message with respect to what we're doing for kids in this area and what we're doing for families and communities in this area. And I think we've been a, a great resource for people who are hearing all kinds of background noise out of Washington, D.C. and other places. Um, and so we've been a, a reliable, consistent source of good information for them. And I appreciate that very much. Jay. So my interest, we at the end of the, the radio segment, we, we sort of asked you to pull out your crystal ball and, and talk about um, school and, and what could happen in terms of school going back in. Um, so I, I would like you to just talk a little bit about the conversations that you've had. Um, what if this thing runs through, say, mid-May, and it becomes really logistically um, not useful to to put school back in play? Um, what kinds of things do you foresee um, happening over the summer? Let's assume for a moment that we don't put kids in school during the summer. I don't think that's a real likely possibility. Um, you, you know, you talked about trying to, to start the power plant back up. Um, do you see repercussions because of, of lost income at the state level? Uh, do you see things happening like uh, a 10% cut, cross-the-board cuts for education because revenue just isn't there, or at least projected revenue just isn't there. Uh, we've done that in the past in this in, in Iowa. Do you see things like that coming down the road, or do you see things being more stable? Well, um, I'm, I'm, the optimist in me says they're going to be more stable. The pessimist in me uh, uh, almost doesn't want to answer because I – uh, am a little fearful as to what that answer could be. I, I'm going to, and I'm not punting here or chickening out. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to go by what I consider to be conservative, uh, small C conservative um, options that are available out there. Um, I do not believe, and I, I, I would say this publicly, I am saying this publicly. I, I said it privately. I think the April 13th, deadline uh, that the governor has proposed is um, ridiculous and uh, simply not attainable. Um, April 30th may be in some places. It may not necessarily be, but let's assume we could go back to school on April 30th. Um, School in Davenport doesn't end until like the 5th or 6th of June. Uh, You would have been out for four weeks probably at that point in time, five weeks. There might have to be some extended time for students over the summer. I say May. I'm not advocating that. but um, 
and it's not up to the union to decide. That's up to the school district to decide. Um, so I could see some extended learning opportunities for students uh, over the summer months. Um, You're thinking about sp- something that was that was voluntary, something where parents well, would be able to choose, or are you thinking that they would really extend? Because the state has said that, that students aren't going to have to make time up that, that's been missed. So yeah, how does that, that work? Change. I think that can change. Um, and I'm, again, I'm not advocating for that. Um, that's not, that's way above my pay grade, but um, I, I, I think that it's, um, it's a possibility uh, unless the state somehow forgives the number of days or the number of hours a student has to be quote in the seat um, at, at school uh, during a particular school year. Um, I, I would be remiss if I said that it's, summer's going to automatically be shut down or that summer's automatically going to be fundamentally changed. Um, I think there may be some potential additional hours added during the course of a school week for the last month of the school year. That's one option. Um, And we've done that in the past as well. Right. Yeah. Um, There might be an option of some sort where in the following school year there is um, some sort of flexibility with uh, maybe night hours for students, especially in the upper grades uh, where they can go to school at night. Um, and, you know, if teachers want to stay after and get paid extra money for that, that might be a possibility. I don't know. There's so many options out there. Um, I think, though, that everybody needs to hear from the governor and from the legislature uh, what what do you, what do you want uh, what are you proposing and let's see if it can fit whatever model that is required by law or change the law to fit the model I it, 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 it's still wide open all right well we would like to thank our guest for this 358th show toby payone uniserve director for the iowa state education association who talked to us about covid 19 effects on iowa education the history buff for today's show was rick sweet you can listen to roi as it's being broadcast on friday nights at 9:30 p.m on kala hd2 88.5 fm and 106.1 fm in the quad cities you can also listen to the show as it's being broadcast on TuneIn.com. Put KALAHD2 in the search box and look for ROI. Many of our previously recorded shows can be heard at SoundCloud.com. Just put KALA Radio in the search box, click on the first icon that pops up, and scroll down to find ROI. ROI is recorded at station KALA, St. Ambrose University.